G'day listeners and welcome to the Keeper League podcast for another week with the AFL Fantasy podcast that doesn't focus on your superstars. We look at the bottom of the barrel, uh, the blokes who aren't usually the first on your team sheet, but the guys that are going to make up the uh, the rest of your team are the ones that are going to be the most important in the long run. Uh, my name's Hef and I'm joined by my co-host Kays. How you going mate? Very well Hef, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. Uh Fantasy season, well, Keeper League season has wound up for me in our main league and our home league. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of ready to put the feet up, just uh, look at the game purely, objectively, no biases anymore. I don't know if that's actually possible. No, for my, there's, for my always, there's always bias. <laughs> don't, don't be stupid. Uh, yes, my season is done too in our, in our home league. Um, I thought you were contending this year, mate. Yeah, but uh, my team obviously didn't think so. So yeah, had other um, ideas. Yeah, look, I um, I've already put a press release out and blamed the uh, preseason strategy. And uh, look, all my gambles didn't pay off. But uh, you know, there's a couple shining lights that have come through from this season. But uh, look, really, I can blame Cade Collajasny. I reckon you can blame yourself. Dom Tyson. <laughs> blame the coach. I Sack can him. blame many people. Sack him. Yeah, probably. I, I deserve <laughs> to be sacked. If I was Don Pike, I'd be uh, very, very worried. I think. Yeah, okay. All right, let's move on to the breaking news. So, Alex Willardon, he did a calf on the weekend, didn't mm, he? And he scored three, unfortunately. That's yeah, That hurts for fantasy coaches it out there. It does. Uh, there's conjecture he still might play this weekend, but if he doesn't, I think it just means a nice big bump for Daniel Rich. Um, you know, lone duties back there in the halfback line for Brisbane. Yep. Uh, look, anyone could kind of come into that side if they want to uh, put in a midfielder. You know, beast mode, Ruth Matheson's been playing all right, Ben Keys and stuff like that. But... Uh, I think if Witherden doesn't play, it's it's good for rich owners. I've got Witherden in my redraft league, and I've also got Luke Ryan, mm. and I've also got a few other blokes that got injured this week. I had carnage in my side, Soon but uh, big trouble. There's an oh, I got you know, I'm top of the ladder by a couple games, so I think I'm safe until final starts. Sweet. But uh, yeah, uh, Luke Ryan was the other one, so let's uh, yeah, well, he might there. be gone for the year actually, so that could be a big uh, pickle in your side, definitely. Um, Ethan Hughes, Ryan Nyhouse have been the guys uh, flagged. Pen- potentially come into that halfback role. Ethan Hughes has had a couple decent scores. He's had a 71 and 84 in his last four games, so not completely horrible, but I'd love to see Fremantle give uh, someone like Bailey Banfield a run who's just been tearing up the waffle, but uh, just never gets the opportunity in the ones. Fremantle are probably not going to that final, so you may as well try a few things this time of year, surely. Yeah, well, Bailey Banfield's one of your boys, so the bias is already out of the window. Hey, I said <laughs> I never agreed to no bias. You're this idiot who thinks you can go through a show without being biased about players. All right, on to uh, Dane Ramby. Uh, he had... Uh, what would have him? He's I. That's yeah, right. So he's yeah. uh, going to miss this week. So probably someone like Jackson Thurlow comes back in there. But uh, we saw Callum Mills actually pull out a ton on the weekend. Yeah, so, I did see that. Uh, he was quite pr- um, prolific back there. Uh, potentially even Ryan Clark hopefully just gets released back there. But, you know, I've uh, kind of written off Ryan Clark as a fantasy prospect from now on, especially at Sydney. But, uh, yeah, Jackson Thurlow is interesting enough. But uh, hopefully, yeah, might see some Mills action back there. All right, and now uh, I understand there's some even bigger news than any of that this That's week, right. guys. Yes, uh, this is potentially the biggest news of the year. Uh, definitely the biggest news of the round. Drum roll, can you insert one of those things? Uh, sure. Okay, sweet. <laughs> uh, it is Jack Bowe's return to AFL football, kneeful football uh, from injury, and he scored a clean ton. Does he come straight back in this week? I know it's tough to spot it to Gold Coast at the moment. But <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, look, there's lots of guys playing well at the Gold Coast. Uh, yeah, and uh, Benny Ainsworth was another one who uh, played his first game back after injury too. So if they're feeling fit enough, I think they got to play Bowes and Ainsworth just to give their, you know, 20 you know, supporters a bit of hope for the next year. Surely. All right, let's move on to the round rewind. 
Okay, moving on to the round rewind. Uh, post round 19, so we look at the movers and shakers, uh, all the guys that starred that are relevant to keep leagues and all the guys that we've been kind of tracking for the last few weeks that kind of disappointed us or, uh, yeah, something out of the ordinary happened. So let's move on to Collingwood versus Richmond on the Friday night. This was my game. Uh, Braden Maynard is the first guy I'm going to talk about. Here's some bias already because he's a guy no, I traded in. Didn't take long. Uh, but, yeah, he's the only player, only Collingwood player worth talking for, uh, about for mine in uh, from a Keeper League's perspective. Mm. He had 77 points and uh, he hasn't scored below 70 since round 10 now. So, you know, for a, for a young player, you know, around the low 20s um, age bracket, I guess scoring 70 every week, you can definitely rely on that as like your, your, one of your last defenders that you can get in. Yep. Um, so, yeah, he's only gone um, above 80 four times this season. And uh, yeah, he's only had one ton this year as well. So it's not um, it's not a huge year by any means. I think it's a mid seventies average. And um, yeah, his averages actually hasn't boosted since last year. I think it was a seventy five average last year, and it's seventy five again this year. So I'm not sure if there's much more room for growth there. It's going to be interesting to see. But the consistency is what I like about him. Yeah, but is it a plateau you want to see though? Like if you're, yeah. you know, we're talking about keeping sixteen of your thirty two players. Do can you make a point for a guy who's a seventy average? player have you seen the other 16 players in my team yeah but that's because you're a horrible coach <laughs> just pointing to the uh, cup here again great radio is <laughs> a perfectly visual medium so i explained it to our yeah, listeners um but anyway uh yeah so oh, for me he's definitely a keeper and i think he's worth a punt for me like just the you know you know some of the older older boys going out of um collingwood side or you know mm. like people like seal side bottom Pendlebury. next coming years they're going to drop out the midfield that means there's yeah. going to be blokes like chris probably going into more midfield permanent roles things like that and then uh you know who but, knows how the yeah, flow yeah. effect will work it's not the worst decision uh you've made but you know it's just what this is just a question that you you know people might be yeah. uh, might be asking so you know i suppose with a bat because we know batman are so rare yeah and if you can kind of lock in a Batman, you know, if they are averaging 75, it's not the worst um, position to kind of hold a you know, average scorer. I don't if think. they're young as well, like yep. just I reckon there's upside. Yeah, we're yeah. in there. Uh, for the Tigers, uh, Jane Short had 106. Now, this is his fifth game back from injury, and uh, he was, um, I guess we, I guess we've got to think about was this a once off or is it just like getting back into form from uh, having that layoff with injury? Mm. So we say he needs Hooli retire, but it was kind of cool because they both scored pretty well. So it just kind of showed it's possible, even if Hooli does go around for another year, yeah. um, there is potential there for them to work well together. But also too that Richmond were just so dominant in this game as well. Mm. So it was probably conducive to fantasy scoring because it hasn't really been the most fruitful year for them in terms of fantasy. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, we've never really got a good look at Jaden Short this year because he got injured quite early on the season so and it was one that we both had pegged to you know have a pretty good 2019 I, I think that's a great score from him you know coming back from a fairly long layoff so um, I would love to track him for the rest of the season and I just kind of see if he can kind of get to where he was at the end of last year going into start of next year and you know full pre-season under the belt no issues I reckon uh, he could be one that really does bump up next year yeah same especially if Hooli uh, does retire mm. then it's game on uh, Nick Vlostone had 100 points and this brings his average into the 80s this season I think it's like 80.1 but uh, you know still an 80 average uh, he uses the ball a lot by foot and takes lots of marks in defence so that's fantasy gold mm. and I don't know if this is actually that fantasy relevant but Richmond do play the rest of their games at the G and I, I just see them getting really comfortable just getting locking into their roles and just scoring pretty well for the rest of the season as a side when you compare to what they were early in the season when they were a bit up and down mm. I think just getting this side into a groove is going to be good for fantasy so um, they've got Melbourne and Carlton in the next two weeks as well so they should go okay um, but that, the, the thing is they've got West Coast and Brisbane to finish off the year so that could be tricky so I'm not sure how that helps you going forward but yeah I think Vlostan at the moment is uh, definitely viable 
Yeah, definitely. He's only 25, um, you know, averaging 80, which is pretty good. Yeah. As you said, he does take those, um, you know, so many intercept marks there. And I suppose with Rance being out, that kind of helps that, um, you know, his role in that side yeah. of things. But uh, yeah, he's, he's been super consistent this year. So um, yeah, definitely should be finishing off the year well. Uh, Jack Graham had 96 points, uh, averaging 87 since uh, coming back into the side. Uh, seems to play better without Cochin. So Cochin got injured really on. So every time Cochin goes out, he generally is just, a, I don't know, it's at least a 90 every time it seems. Um, I reckon he'll be handy for the rest of the year. Yeah, he's a gun. He plays such low time on ground too. So, yeah. um, you know, 2020 plus, he is going to be a serious, serious player. Uh, Tom Lynch is hitting his straps. He had 94 mm. points. Um, he should dominate in the next two weeks as well against Melbourne and uh, Carlton. Um, I reckon it'd be pretty handy in finals for some people if they've got him on the side. Yep. Definitely a good one to have on the bench and just kind of stream here and there or just see how he goes. He's one I'm pretty keen on for next year. You know, like he obviously had the injury concerns this year. Full preseason under his belt next year and he could be hitting those heights. We kind of saw him get to at Gold Coast before he moved across. And uh, Shai Bolton had 77 points, and that was from uh, 16 possessions and a goal. Also had seven tackles thrown in there as well, so mm. those numbers are nice. Uh, that midfield time was back as well. So two weeks ago, he was running the midfield. Kind of had less minutes in there last week. But, uh, yeah, it was back this week, and it was probably a result of uh, Cochin going down. But if it looks like Cochin will be down for until late in the season, I think mm. at least, it was talked about that he would be out for the rest of the season. But um, until late in the season, uh, he's definitely one to watch closely, I think. Real sneaky. He's done very well to kind of come from nowhere to – to be scoring this well so yeah. definitely all of a sudden on both of our radars yep alright Hawthorne versus Brisbane yeah so uh, a couple from Hawthorne I'll start with Blake Hardwick he scored 80 points on the weekend he's just been very very consistent this season uh, averaging 73 this year I think he's got a bit of scope to grow a bit as well. Um, you know, he's young, kind of in that Braden Maynard kind of role, 22-23, halfback flanker. Just interesting to see what that can kind of be. Like, he's never really hit massive, massive scores. But, um, you know, as we're talking about serviceable backmen, uh, sometimes can be hard to find. Probably, you know, not the craziest punt to, to throw at, you know, one of your last keeper spots on looking ahead. But um, he's been serviceable this year and I think it will continue into, you know, the future. Yeah, well, the numbers at the end of last season looked like they were trending in the right way. Not huge, but still looking up. And I think there is still a little bit of room for improvement as well when like uh, blokes like Hardwick take over as like the mainstays in that uh, in that Hawthorne backline and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah I reckon uh, there's potential there. Exactly, especially with an ageing list. Yeah. Uh, this guy in particular, Grant Birchall, he uh, scored 73 in his second game of the year. So, um Look, he's 31 uh, now, so he's an 80 average batman when he's at his best. Uh, low time on ground in his two games this season, obviously with uh, minimal game time all this year. You know, where's he at? Is he someone that you can hold into next year? I suppose you need to be potentially think you're contending, but, uh, you know, he'll be serviceable this year continuing. But I suppose it's, you know, there's a lot of people like us who are already looking ahead to 2020. Is he a guy you kind of think you can hold? Uh, nah, just because of the injury history, I think. And even coming back for one week, then going out again the next week and then coming back in. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be trusting just his durability. I think you're better off going with someone who's actually going to play each week. Yeah. Otherwise, it could be like only taking, you know, if, for example, our league, we keep 16. Mm-hmm. It could be like taking only 15 into next season. And yeah. Do you really want to do that to yourself? Yeah, it's risky. And I'm going to continue this kind of questioning with you, Hef, with a few guys from Brisbane who are around our strike zone with the keeper leg stuff. So Mitchie Robertson, he's been very, very good this year, basically. Well, definitely too good for the pod. But if you're looking at someone like him next year, his profile, he's 30 currently. He's a 90 average forward this year. He's knocked up seven tons this season, which is fantastic, and only three scores below 70. But uh, he's been playing very, very much midfield this season, looking at his heat map. Would you keep someone, 30-year-old, 90 average bloke, uh, as a mid only into next year well I did it this year with Travis Boak and it turned out pretty well did 
Actually, wasn't mid only as a forward, so that yeah. kind of helps him a it little does bit. Help. But he'll be if mid he's out a next forward, year. if he's a forward, <laughs> you'd keep him for sure. But uh, he's nah. one, you know, there's always those guys. These are the the real conundrum picks that can either make or break your season. Oh, look, I'd love to see what you've got underneath your keepers if that's the case. If yeah. he's not in your best exact again, if we keep sixteen, if he's not in your best sixteen, I'd love mm-hmm. to see what you've got underneath it because it's probably going to be not much. Yep. So I find it hard to find a situation where you're not keeping Mitch Robinson. Mm. But uh, there'd be one you'd be looking at the uh, in the trade period, especially if you're not contending, to see where he could go. Yeah, he probably holds a bit of value for sure yeah um, one who has been pretty poor this year is Jared Berry he had 73 on the weekend and hasn't scored in the 80s or above since round 7 um, he had 4 tons and averaged 77 last year so he's basically stagnated plateaued as we're talking about and it is third year so the guy had um, glandular fever I think in the preseason which yeah. um, hindered his kind of uh, attack into his third year the breakout year as we know it is he someone who you'd have faith in backing in you know picking up, you know, going from a 77 average to a, you know, a 90, 95 with the talent that you've seen from him? Oh, eventually I reckon we get to that and yep. probably even more. Yeah. So, you just got to wait with him. I'll definitely be going again with him for sure. Agreed. And lastly, Steph Martin. So, he had his three big tons and we all thought we, uh, you know, basically turned his season around. He must be a pod listener. Then in his last three games, he's gone 81, 77 and 54 on the weekend. What do you do with someone like Steph Martin? Well, we were kind of having this conversation just before we started recording as well, what we do with rucks like. I've got the only rucks on my list are Justin Westoff, who won't be a ruck, Paddy Ryder, who might be going to GWS or mm. Nitnat Nui. And we were saying, do you need to take a ruck into next season? And I think you do. Like, there's not a lot there in the draft usually. Yeah. And people keep rucks in our league as well because they know they're valuable. So they're just so hard to get off people without getting um, yeah screwed over in a trade. So I don't know. I think you just have to. Like, even unless you've got a better, younger ruck to keep on your list, mm. he's probably someone you got to do. You could keep him just to plug that hole if he's going again. The only thing, you know, for someone like your situation where you've kind of got three, you know, average ruckmen at best, I suppose, yeah. in their career at the moment, you know, do you, are you better off taking in a 16th? keeper who's either a decent enough score or a genuine you know potential young gun and then just you know throw your hat in and try and get one of those guys back you know yeah in a, in a pick in the draft well it depends how your league structured as well because there's like again for our league there's not going to be a lot in the in the pool and if we have donuts on our field we get severely punished yes in our league so you Roughly don't want so you don't want that either so um look for this point in my with my leagues at well at, at any point really i just i'll you gotta I'll, take a ruck well, yeah, I've got time to find another Ruckman. So, if I'm just having a shit Ruck just to cover, to not get a donut each week, it's just what I'm taking Works. for now yeah. until I find, you know, I, I draft a few 18, 19, 20-year-olds mm. and wait and see how they go. Mm. And I think that's kind of, yeah. yeah. Steph Martin, 32, so he's kind of time's running out. But, yeah. you know, he, he does... He can score well when he's on, so it'll be yeah. interesting to see what happens with him at the end of the year. Uh, Colton Crows is the next game I'll look at. Uh, Cade Simpson, Jeezy bounced back, and I think he top scored in the whole league this week with 142 points. He's only averaged uh, 72 this season, but has knocked together two good games in a row now. So, look, is, I don't know if he's going to go around next year for 2020, uh, potentially with the Blues kind of looking good after beating a few sides late. But, uh, look, he's one, if you can still trade, uh, would be a fantastic trade-in option with um, with 2020 in mind, uh, with the rest of the season in mind, um, because I think that he's going to come home really, really hot, especially with the Blues playing some confident footy. Yeah, it's not just that. It's like the change of roles with the coach as well. and. Even when, like, if you look at Carlton on the weekend, they still relied heavily on Mark Murphy. They still relied yeah. heavily on Cade Simpson as well. So, they're still relying on these older guys to actually get over the line. So, if he's available and there'll be a lot of blokes out there wanting to just palm him off for anything because he's probably not going to go again, mm. uh, yeah, I reckon he's worth getting in. 
for sure. Uh, Michael Gibbons, he actually got his chance to run through the midfield on the weekend and had 106 from 22 touches. So we know his pedigree from the VFL, uh, super, super midfielder there, and looks like he's going to be a big part of Carlton's 2020 season. So in his... Uh, for last in his four of his last five games, sorry, he's had scores of seventy plus, and you know potentially a bit more midfield time makes him a bit of an interesting pick. Guy is very likely to be dropped back to a lot of uh, draft pools, but someone that you could pick up next year with a bit of confidence. I don't have confidence is the right word, but with a bit of potential going there. Yeah, uh, Levi Casbolt, geez, I wear. You know, we talked about him and he just keeps delivering 96. He's basically David Teague's love child by the looks of it. Uh, kicked three goals, one, took 10 marks and 10 hitouts. He's averaging 86 in his last five and he's a massive get on board for the rest of this season if you can pull him in on your on your waivers. And look, I'm thinking potentially even 2020. Like he, he's, I know he's a bit older and, you know, he's not going to go early in any more in, in, in any redraft. Sorry, but look, if David Teague's around or someone who has enjoyed seeing what he's doing, he might actually be worth a pick because he's scoring super super well yeah I think like on the weekend he had kicked three goals to get to his 96 he's not going to kick those three goals every week so that drops his uh, score back kind of like quite drastically 70s there. yeah yeah and then their run home is quite tough so there's very likely that Carlton won't win another game for the rest of the season so looking looking over the next few games is going to be really telling I think hmm. oh so would you start him if you had him in your side this week yep it's finals uh, time. Yeah, it's that's very tough. Like again, it's, I'm going to take the easy way out and just say it depends who else you've got. Yeah, but uh, probably wouldn't be going with heaps of confidence this week. 86 in your last five. That's good going. Yeah, but they've played some easier teams and they've had some wins. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'll just like he's scoring well. And if you and you've, you've sometimes you've just got to back the uh, the form. Yeah, but I could see that form heading south very soon. I'm looking forward to like in two weeks time where everyone's like, "Told you so, Hef, you're an idiot." He's still scoring. He scored two hundred. I last can't two wait weeks. to tell yeah. you that. Yeah. <laughs> like, looking forward to that now. Casbot, <laughs> watch your beauty. All right, uh, just a few from me that I observed because we both ended up watching this game. Uh, so Will Satterfield for mine. He um, played a good game on the weekend. Had 89 points from uh, 24 touches. Kicked a snag roll as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's um, he's building this season, I guess. Mm. So. He's had uh, he's had a um, sixty-eight average from his. Uh, sorry, what's written here, Kay? You've written half. You of had sixty-eight half average, yeah. <laughs> but he's averaging seventy-nine his last. Oh, that's five. good. Yes. Good. Um, so yeah, I guess next year he's not going to be a forward. Um, he's going to be a mid only by the sound. So mm-hmm. I don't know whether if that helps you hold on to him, but uh, for me, um, yeah, I just reckon he's just someone to watch over the next few yeah. weeks. Oh, he played a ripper game on the weekend, but oh, you know he, he hasn't really set the world on fire and tunned up or anything like that. So I'm kind of confident that he can be that 80 averagey kind of player. But does he have that next level to go to? I'm not sure just yet. But, yeah. You know, it's his, really it's his first season of footy, so you know um, anything could happen in 2020. But I'm just a bit concerned from a fantasy point of view. He might be that quality over quantity style player for these winger types. I reckon the 90, 95 is like their ceiling. Yeah. You see a lot of them. Yeah. Um, it's definitely keepable mm. but you've just got to back him to get to that consistently especially if you're not expecting too much I yeah, think yeah, as well. yeah 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 uh, Sam Petrescu Seaton, he had 92 points and he seems to be um, used as one of the main avenues out of defence. They like having the ball in his hands. He's zippy and he's got a good leg on him. Um, and he seems to be getting a lot more responsibility out of Teague as well. A bit of their go-to out of defence like they've kind of done with, um, I guess, someone like Cade Simpson over time or Doherty when he's playing. They like the ball in his hands when they're moving out of defence. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it should be to see, interesting to see where, how he goes when Simpson and uh, Daisy are gone as well. Um, could be a real, uh, you know, fantasy scorer for the mm, future. Definitely. 
Uh, last one, um, yeah, so Matt Kennedy, he started like a house on fire. Um, I think he had 25 early in the game and you think, you know, on track for 100 if that's happened in the first quarter. Uh, but then he uh, fell away because uh, he got his ankle stomped upon and he came off for a bit and limped around but came back on. Uh, he had 68 points and he had seven tacks and a goal. But playing as a forward status, he should, uh, sorry, forward this season or the last half of this season, um, he should gain forward status next year. So, I guess with more consistent game time, just not being injured, getting time on ground, he could build into something fantasy-wise mm. if or if he has forward status. Yeah, he needs to have forward status. Cause, yeah. But at the same time, he, I always thought he had the actual you know potential to be a good fantasy midfielder yeah. at Colton. That's definitely not his role at all. But I could see him getting to like, like Petrarca now, 80 average type thing. I could see him getting to that. Um, stage just I know you hate Petrarca yeah. but you know playing majority up four but then running through the midfield every now and then and just boosting those numbers a little bit which yeah. are handy it's handy as a forward yeah, yeah. but a bit, a bit disappointing if, if, that's, potential your, if that's your third or your fourth forward yeah, be happy yeah of that. course of course uh, the Crows they were absolutely disgraceful uh, basically shouldn't even shown up but uh, Paddy Wilson the SA NFL animal had 59 points on debut but only paid 67% time on ground so uh, some good points per minute numbers there I thought he's pretty okay in a, in a trash side and if I was the Crows I'd definitely be playing him for the rest of 2019 and I think he's a bit of a hold uh, personally what in your keeper league yeah why not well, how many spots you got in your list I don't know, but you always throw one <laughs> speculative. I don't know if he's in their best 22 and everything's up and running. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens at the end of the year. Yeah. I don't know. That's just me. And Riley Knight, he was uh, had 72 and not horrible. Um, probably a lot of chat about the Crows over here not playing a tagger against Cripps. And out of all the players in the Crows side, you know, apart from maybe Ellis Yolman, he looks the most likely top to be a tagger. So if they do pull their heads in and decide they need to win this week and, you know, maybe tag a Jack Steele or, or someone like that, he might be the guy who they can deploy and usually you know the taggers score okay so if you need someone just to kind of score a 70 odd he might be the go-to guy this week and while we're listening to uh i guess adelaide radio and we're talking about it uh Mm. bit of a word that he might be on the the way out of the crows next season on rowie's seven gone players yeah so it'd just be interesting to see if that does come to fruition it's probably bullshit knowing adelaide radio uh yeah it is but if you if you got traded he's not someone high on my list to to uh, to draft Anyone who gets traded, anyone who's young and gets traded, though, and yeah. for, for, I guess, lack of opportunities, always just pricks my ears up that little bit. Just of course it does, see but how often go. does it just come, you know, like... Ah, not very often, yeah, but, you exactly, know, maybe yeah. 25% of the time, but, yeah. you know, it could but be one of those 25%. Jeez, you feel good when you nail that one, don't Yeah, you? definitely. Yeah, I know. I know the feeling. Don't, don't worry about that. All right, on to West Coast versus uh, North Melbourne. So, Josh Kennedy, he kicked a lazy seven goals. Uh, he only had 102 from those seven goals. That's so crazy. I think he only, only had a handful more possessions than that. Um, so, yeah, his Keep fantasy forward. days are probably behind him, I they think. Yeah. yeah, so just, you know, good score, but see you later, Josh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Willie Rioli had 92. He needed a good game, but he doesn't really play that fantasy-friendly role, and he's only averaging 58 this season. So, another one that looks good, but uh, probably not there. Uh, Jackson Nelson had 78 points and he seemed to be getting a bit of midfield time as well so a few clearances there um, keep your eye on him he's only 23 years old and he, but he only averages 48 this season but if he's getting that more increased midfield time it's definitely something to, uh, to take a look at uh, Paul Ahern had 84 points and <laughs> he likes playing the West Coast Eagles I realised he had 118 the last time he played them um, he was playing a lot across halfback mm-hmm. and it just seemed like getting consistent game time and uh, you know just actually being on the field and, you know, using his assets well, um, it seemed to dis- it seemed to suit him. So, if, again, if he plays this role for the rest of the season, gains defender status, yeah, definitely could be one going forward. He's probably playing for his career, isn't he? 
Uh, I don't know. Well, he's, he was injured for his first like four years or two years. He had two knee recos in a row. Mm. He got traded. Yeah. And then he's come in last season and had a pretty sweet end of the last year. Fell out of favour this year under an old coach. Mm. New coach is coming, giving him a little bit more opportunity. Which is what we like. Yeah. I don't know if he'd be playing for his contract yet. I'd say yeah, next year he definitely would be. Mm. though. So, But I think if they found a role for him, uh, it might be good. But then as well, he can play that inside mid role as well. And we've got Cunnington, Zeebel, players like that are probably going to be on their way out in the next few years as well. Mm. Um, well not Zeebel, he's only 28, isn't he? 29. But Cunnington, definitely. So that's probably the role he would go into if he does go away. So he could be a defender for a while and then move back in the midfield eventually. Yeah, you need D status, I think. Yeah. All right. Uh, Cam Zerha, he's starting to show something as well. So yep. he had 83 points this week. He had 58 last week, but before that, there was two solid weeks of a score in the 80s and a score in the 100s. Uh, he looks dangerous up forward and knows where the goals are. Just mm. not sure if that kind of small hybrid forward is the kind of the most fantasy-friendly role, but there's potential there for him to blossom into something oh, else as well. He looks to me like a genuine midfielder who's yeah, yeah. just biding his time up forward. For yeah. um, But he's got good goal sense, which is also really nice if he does blossom into that midfielder. Yeah, or well, can get that, you know, DPP as well. Would yep, be nice. Definitely. Uh, St Kilda v Melbourne. Uh, so from the uh, from the Ds, sorry, Jake the Snake Lever, he had 81 uh, coming off the back of a 78 last week and he took nine marks in both of those weeks. So we know how good his intercept defending and just intercept marking can be. I'm kind of pegging him for a bit of a late flyer in 2020. Just, uh, you know, someone who can sneak in late. Hopefully he's fit uh, all behind, you know, injury problems behind him and just could be a serviceable D4, D5, I think, next year. Yeah, I'm, again, not really, not my favourite type of player in the terms of the role, but, uh, you know, one he's always scored okay for, mm. I guess, the position okay. he plays. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah just, you know, I'm thinking about next year already. I, I can't think about this year anymore. Yeah, go for the uh, late in the draft. Yeah. Why not? Uh, Harrison Petty, uh, he only scored 66, so that's just Petty's, that's too a Petty score there, It case. is, yeah, yeah, but if you look at <laughs> Melbourne's scoring, it was disgusting, so I'm just picking out the bones here, but... Uh, he is just in his second year and just kind of has something, you know, just a gut feel about something that I like. So he's just one I want to monitor for the rest of the year. Uh, he has got low disposal numbers, but what I do like are his marks and tackle stats. So, you know, they're the ones that, you know, easy three points if you can kind of get those cheap kicks and cheap marks. So uh, just keep an eye on him for the rest of the season, Harrison Petty. Uh, and for the Saints, Jack Loney, he had 85 coming off back of 114 last week. So he kicked three more goals uh, last week than he did this week, which is basically the difference between that 85 and 114. So if you're looking at him as a, you know, his run-of-the-mill game, if which which hopefully is what the weekend was, so he 15 touches, six marks, six tackles, and one goal three. So if you're talking about that as his average game, you know, that he can kind of get to with his quality, I think he's going to be a great forward option going into 2020. Yeah, and no, um, there's been a lot of talk about Jack Loney in the fantasy mm. circles on Twitter and Facebook and whatnot, and I think it's well-deserved. Yeah. Someone we definitely talked up a fair bit uh, earlier yeah. on in the season. It's kind of good to see him come back from injury and mm. play some consistent football. But what I like is, you know, like 114 is a great school, but obviously there's four goals in there, so you got to, you know, is that going to happen each week? No, but no. His, his game on the weekend can definitely happen most weeks. So yeah. that's what kind of got me excited there. I agree. Uh, Nick Caulfield, uh, 84 on the weekend, 82 the week prior. So he's a bit more of a key defender, but he does look very good out there and takes a nice amount of marks. Took eight um, this week and nine the week before. So he's had five games on the trot um, for a 68 average, which is pretty good. Obviously, uh, the key defender thing's hard to gauge as to what they can actually become. But uh, look, he looks solid enough and just one to monitor for the rest of the season to see if he's you know got that uh, Michael Hurley-style fantasy game. 
And lastly, Dalton Langlands. What a fucking sweet name. Uh, <laughs> second game, 75 points from 69% time on ground, which is uh, good going. He's also got a bit of something about him. Um, obviously, an awesome name too. But I uh, just wanted to monitor for the rest of the season. Hopefully, the Saints play him. But uh, I think they've got a few guns coming back in Jack Stephen and Dan Hanabry. So, maybe, you know, uh, last in, first out. And uh, But, yeah, if he does play, I'd like to keep an eye on him for the rest of the season. And just quietly, kudos to Jake Gresham, who just managed a ton up with, you know, like 101, having 32 touches. So, yeah. these are the shit scores that annoy me because you can get 32 touches and you can just sneak into 100. Bad, bad, bad. He needs to work on his slutty marking game and get some tackles out there, Jade. Um, yeah, and Blake Akers, uh, who we've talked about a lot, he had nine tackles, which took him up to a 96. But he's been going right the last four games. So um, maybe just monitor going into 2020 with a preseason under his belt. Well, both both just spending more time in the midfield. I yeah. think he's playing more pivotal roles in there too. So Exactly. But, you know, that's always my gripe with Gresham is you can get as many touches as you want, but you've got to work on those slutty marks. I, I, know, I know what you mean. Yeah. But I think as well, just a new coach will be good for both of those players, I think, too. Yeah, potentially. Port, let us run through the train work here, Hef. What's going on? I know I didn't go on the weekend. I uh, stayed home. It felt like uh, I was on the couch with a blanket. I felt silent like silent protest. I felt yeah. I'm not going to uh, Ken Hinckley's sacked, but I felt like uh, Homer Simpson when he skipped church. Basically, I had a really really good night at home. Uh, cooked myself <laughs> some dinner. Sat in the couch with the uh, with a beer and the. Did and you a watch blanket. it? Yeah, I watched it. Oh. Yeah, so. so you haven't completely given up. No, I was kind of you know it sounds bad, but I was kind of like. A bit happy every time goal, uh, GWS kicked a goal because I knew it was like one step closer oh, to the end. Kind of hedging as you know, maybe Home Alone had the notebook on or something like that. And just, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's not my style, you uh, know me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's more your style. It is actually. Um, no, no, right. notebook's overrated. There's better movies out there. Yeah, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have a clue. Anyway, uh, let's move on to some uh, fantasy players. So Riley Bonner had 111 points, and he's always showing glimpses of this, and he. Definitely plays the right sort of game for fantasy. He just doesn't get enough of it usually or he's not in the best 22. But there's a lot of potential uh, for the future here. He's only 22 years old. Um, I wouldn't be relying on him right now, but uh, keep looking, especially if there does end up being a new coach next season or just if some uh, some older players like your harlots or whatever get injured or just they try to see something new with uh, younger players, mm-hmm. um, definitely have a look at him because uh, he's got the right type of game. He does. Uh, Dan Houston had 104 points. Uh, he was back in the midfield this week, but uh, he's a bit of a roller coaster like that. We're never sure where he's playing, what mm-hmm. he's going to be doing. Um, if he locks down that midfield spot there, he's going to be a pretty handy scorer. It's just that uh, he won't have that back status if he does lock it down. So it's one of those catch 22s. Uh, Hamish Harlett bounced back uh, from a 37 and he had 98 on the weekend. And I say this all the time, he's just going to average 80. So if you need an average 80, 80 average defender, he's going to be that guy. Yep. Um, he was a handy pickup a few weeks ago because he was in a lot of keeper pulls. And going into finals, you're going to be happy that you did that, I think. Yep. Uh, Matthew Broadband also had 87 this week. Um, backs up his ton from last week. And he takes a lot of kick out, so they really trust him with the, with the foot there. And uh, Port struggled to move the ball forward, so they move laterally a lot in defence, which mm-hmm. works out really well for him. He's usually one of those players that's on those chains when they're kind of chipping around to try to work out what they're going to do next, um, you know, before they inevitably kick it kick to the opposition. Marks, <laughs> kicks and marks, kicks and marks, kicks and marks. That's what we love. Kick it to the opposition, run yeah. and away from it. <laughs> anyway, um, so, yeah, he should score like reasonably well for the rest of the season, I think, as well, because I don't see that style of play changing too much uh darcy burn jones had 80 points he's just a keeper defender for sure i think mm-hmm. uh you've got to have him in your side you've got to keep him if you've got him um, try to get him if you don't yep. uh nick hayes 92 this is moving on to gws here uh 92 points so you could do worse than him he always seems to pop up every now and then with some good scores so mm-hmm. i reckon he's a great streaming option again like so 
I say this lots with Port, and Port's just a team I watch really closely, obviously. But um, like a lot of these key defenders just do do well against Port because you know on the weekend we didn't even play a key forward. Like Charlie mm. Dixon got dropped for you know God knows reason. I think that was mental health. They has come out lately this week, but they played you know Ryder, but he was still working around the ruck, and you know there's just no one really to kick to. So key defenders do actually you know score well against Port Adelaide. So mm. really factor this in because uh, Phil Davis was another one. He had 89 points, yeah, 13 that's a massive game for Phil Davis. Yeah, yeah, like. You know, you just actually start considering your key defenders against Port because they just take so many marks inside 50 because there's, you know, I, I rag on them every week, but I'm serious. So there's not no real direction inside going inside 50. It's actually just bombed in and, you know, key defenders usually can get underneath them. Mm. Um, Sam Reid uh, also had uh, 88. So that was tw- uh, twice in a row. He's had two 88s now. And he's getting a little run through the midfield as well. He's a defender forward. So just one to look out for. I'm not sure how sustainable this is. It's pretty old, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't really know, actually. Yeah. It just looks old. Yeah. So, um, I don't know how sustainable it is, but uh, yeah, just he's one to look out for if he's going to keep running through the midfield and scoring like this, especially as a defender midfield. And it's just something that really has kind of been really noticeable in the last two weeks mm. as well. Do you find his age there, Case? 29. Okay, yeah. So he's yep. pretty up. Not keep irrelevant then. No. But, no. you know, it could be for the last couple of weeks. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Uh, Western Bulldogs versus Fremantle. Uh, what a game. Um, we'll start off with the Dogs. Bailey Dale, he literally could be anything. Uh, he kicked five goals for 80 points last week and now uh, had four goals, two for 89. So, obviously, very heavily dependent on kicking goals. Um, look, he's one that's always kind of looked promising but never really took his chances. And I think he's found his role at the Dogs as that, um, you know, half forward flanker kind of thing obviously he kind of needs to be kicking goals it seems to score well but uh look if he can go into next year as a a center forward option or as a forward option i think he's worth a worth a pick um obviously hopefully the the dogs continue their good form in 2020 and build on that but i think he's almost cemented his spot in their side so it'll be interesting to see how he goes for the rest of the season and see how he goes scoring with without kicking goals potentially if he has a has a quiet game just uh, on real football, the dogs mm. are, are close to the eight, aren't they, at the moment? So they it's going to be a pretty... Percentage off. Yeah. yeah. So Such it's going to be a pretty interesting uh, end of the season because they play a lot of teams that are in the similar kind of yeah. category. So it's going to be actually fun to watch the dogs. Will we? Uh, Aaron Norton, big buckets. Norton, uh, definitely the best hands in the league. Had 10 marks and 20 touches, and he was uh, fantastic pushing up the ground. Oh, I think he's got like a genuine tank, like a Nick Rewalt style tank. And I think he could be a serious, serious fantasy gun. Uh, had a 98, I think it is, uh, on the weekend. And look, he's going to, he's been fluctuating between some really good scores and some poor scores, but uh, stick with him because I think he's got some serious, serious talent, especially fantasy wise as well. Yeah, one of the few young keys I'd be happy to own. Yeah, very and I few. do, so I'm very happy. Yeah. Uh, Bailey Smith, talking about young. Guns, he is an absolute jet. Kicked two goals, two, and had 20 touches for his 94 points. He just looks super classy and obviously hard as nails. Um, if you are rebuilding or, you know, want a genuine guaranteed score for years to come, I'd be targeting him for sure because he looks like he's got all the tricks of a, a fantasy player. And Sammy Lloyd, he just keeps scoring well for the Dogs. Uh, kicked three goals, one from 16 touches, and he hasn't scored under 70 in his last 12 games, which is really, really good going for a small forward. Yeah, he's a leading goal kicker as well. He's, is, uh, he's been a revelation uh, going over the Dogs next year, uh, this year, and I think she'll continue for next year. So if you do have him, I'd be pretty confident in holding him in 2020. All right, on to the Dockers. Yes, all right. I'll talk about your boy, Andrew Brayshaw. <laughs> uh, he was definitely best on ground for Frio on Sunday. He had 106 points from 26 touches and kicked three goals, one. And the crazy thing is he only played 74% time on ground. So, you know, his points per minute numbers are ridiculous. And after a season of doubting, I think I believe in his ability. 
Well, like it's just it's just so good for me. Um, you know, someone I just traded in this year, and I've been copping shit for it uh, all year from my league, not from our listeners, because when we put the tweet out, you know, I traded Gary Ablett for um, Brayshaw, yeah. And when we put the tweet out, our listeners were actually like, "No, that's a pretty good trade going forward." Like, you know, Gary Ablett probably, probably won't go around again. My league has just been giving me shit all year it's for that we trade. Hate you. Yeah, I know, probably. Yeah. Um, well, definitely. Yes. <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah, so it's just actually good to see a bit of uh, I don't know reward for effort. I think. Uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to see what he can actually do in his career. He looks a looks a player. Yeah. And lastly, Connor Blakely, um, he spent a lot of time on the halfback line, especially in the heart, uh, first half of the uh, game, which killed his numbers, but he really got busy late for 92. Uh, I think the good news from all of this, and he'd obviously be pretty frustrated if he were his coach this season, but uh, I think he should be keeping his back status uh, for next year because he has played a lot back there. Um, but if he can push into the midfield like we did see in the second half, his numbers vastly improved. So definitely, definitely hold him if he uh, retains back status, which I do think he will be. And I think he's going to be super valuable next year with a full preseason under his belt and, you know, proper midfield time, hopefully as a as a back status player. Yeah, a lot of owners are hitting the panic button at the moment, but mm. just I'm not worried at all. Nah. Just hold. Yeah, will be agree. fine. Yeah. Sydney Geelong half what do you got for me uh, Scott Selwood played his first game of the year uh, had 93 points running through the midfield and spending a little bit of time up forward as well so he could be a handy pickup going into finals if he continues just can't trust him nah not at all but uh, lucky I'm out of the he's, contention he's lucky so to like, he'll, he'll probably break his leg or you <laughs> yeah. know like just get dropped next week that's what Scott you know Scott Selwood's lucky to play two games in a row yeah but if you do need a mid and you're going into finals oh, um, he's one of those ones that you could just win your flag or completely yeah. ruin your chances yeah one, you could go either way super risky worth it punt though I think nah yeah okay whatever <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Clark had uh, 88 points kid's just a gun and he's probably not available in too many leagues now it's like what I said about Xavier Dersmar last week they're not too good for the pod but you've got no chance of getting them so yep. no point talking about them uh, Mark Blitzarves had 76 points and had a tiny bit of rug time he's just a handy streamer mm. nothing more nothing mm. less um, but yeah he can uh, he can score well if you need someone to jump into that spot it's like guys like him and Nick Haynes those kind of guys are just great you know you no, you're going to delist him. You're never going to keep him. And then you just kind of pick him up, you know, fifth, sixth round. And they're just handy backmen. They're just these kind of players you should learn the more you play, you know, keep your legs. There's players that you know who will always go back in the pool and are always going to be serviceable uh, next season. There's a He's one of those. Yeah. Uh, Dane Rampey had a good game. He had 99 points. He's he, well, he was pretty reliable. Mm. Um, you know, it's been great since the, the buyers were averaging 81 since then. Yeah. So probably just worth a mention. Yep. Oh, he's been fantastic this year. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Dawson had 92 points, and his value has really skyrocketed since becoming a back. Yeah. But does yep. he keep it, though? Well, he was down there a bit on the weekend. Well, a bit I watched. He had one kick inside the defensive 50. Really? So, yeah. He right. might have been running through there, but I uh, looked at the heat map, and I mm. actually don't know if that was a kick. It was just one possession. Yeah, right. So, not defensive half, but inside the defensive 50. So, Are we talk about he got back status added this year, so surely there's enough that they've credited at him credit him with it and well, then they're not going to take it away are they what's funny is he got four status in AFL Fantasy ah. so he's just everywhere what's going on I know he's everywhere and it's just a bit like I think he's split between the two and they just had to decide one but I don't know for a while there he was and I think because their um, their position changes are at different spots they're not, they mm. don't line up I think one's yep. every four weeks one's every three weeks or whatever at the time when AFL Fantasy gave it to him he was playing up forward he was kicking goals yeah. you know, mark. Yep. and then he kicked three on the weekend I think uh, yeah he kicked three goals on the weekend as well so I don't know <laughs> I don't know what ha- happens next I'd still, year be ta- I'd still be keeping him if he was centre only 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's definitely. got talent. He's got serious talent. Yeah, definitely. I'm just kind of just questioning what happens next year. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange one. Uh, ben Ronke as well. Uh, is it Ronke or Ronk? I don't even know. don't know. 87 points. Uh, I do hear the name of the commentary enough, but I just can't actually picture it right now. But, but they change it. Yeah, they do actually. Yeah, yeah. 87 points. Uh, seemed to have a lot of the ball. Kicked two goals four, so I guess what could have been if he kicked straight. He's only averaging 44 this season. It was one of his better scores, had 87 points. But, uh, you know, just... Pops up and just uh, does something nice. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's a proper small forward. I don't think yeah. he's got too much midfield chops. Same. And last game of the round, a nice, easy, comfortable win for the Bombers against Gold Coast. Um, lucky I wasn't home watching the last half. Otherwise, I think I might have needed to buy a new TV on Monday. But um, <laughs> It was a good game. Yeah. I watched the first half and then had to go out for dinner. But uh, from what I saw, big buckets McKernan. He is just dominating uh, at the end of this season. 93 points from four goals and 15 touches. He's actually the fourth highest Essendon uh, average in the last five games with 83. So we're not going too well with our uh, fantasy scoring. But uh, Shawnee Max doing his bit. He just continues to be super important for the Bombers and I would have have zero issues fielding him for the rest of the year the way they're using him and the way the Essendon are playing at the moment. Yeah, even with Clark coming back into the side too, I thought that would hinder him a bit, but he's still been good. Yeah. Uh, speaking of good, Jakey, the snake, the package, Stringer, whatever you want to call him, he was an absolute game winner. 93 points from his four goals and 15 touches. The issue is with him, he's just not a reliable option. So if you're looking at his uh, scores throughout the year, he's only had eight out of his 15 games, which have been 70 plus uh, scores. So Yes, he can score you a 93 or, a, you know, an 80 or whatever, but you just can't rely on it week to week. He's just more of one of those quality over quantity players who you should probably avoid in a fantasy. Just, uh, I guess, the article that probably everyone read that came out about him today, mm. um, about his kind of off-field and personal life and that. But it's just funny when you kind of see a, a bloke get his head screwed on right, start treating himself properly, doing the right things, and how can that can actually affect your football. He's been playing such good yeah, yeah. yeah, And you just wonder, like, how many other players out there are like this and yeah. could be doing a lot better if their head was in the right place as well. It's, it's tough because you don't yeah. know what people go through yeah, with that no much cash and that behind much, it, you know, behind closed you know, doors. you're famous when you're 18. Yeah, but no, it's just good to see because he's always shown so much. Oh, so. yeah, it's really good. Uh, good that Bombers took a punt on him, really. Yeah. Um, Mason Redman, he's had back-to-back 80s now, just going fantastically. And if you haven't already known, you should be looking at him for 2020 for sure. And Carl Langford, just getting the seam out. You have been very, very poor. 71 average this season. <laughs> I know you're playing low time on ground, but I just need more of you. I backed you in as one of my breakouts this season. Uh, just give me something. Um, look, he's a risky proposition, I think, for the rest of this season. I, I, I thought I had a lot of confidence in him, but he's just let me down. I don't know. I think you're probably expecting a bit too much from him. I think for, for who he is, he's done. He's been quite serviceable this season. Yeah, but I thought he's better than a seventy-one average player. I think that's my gut feel. No, oh, okay, I'll see him around that mark and kind of those nineties and eighties. Uh, so he's got a bit of a bonus up towards a you know good ninety-ish midfield. You know, doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, Gold Coast. Sorry, Anthony Miles. He had eighty-eight, which was his season average. Funnily enough, um, I think he's. A pretty strong you know keeper proposition because if you look at him he's only averaged 74% time on ground this season and I don't yeah. know if he had a preseason or not so um, look if you're you know he's definitely going to be in Gold Coast midfield next year they still need this uh, experience there he just racks them up um, I think he's a, a good keeper I think yeah that low time on ground is a bit of a killer because he started so well because he was yeah. playing like a lot really early and then he mm-hmm. kind of intermittently had stints on the bench and that and his mm-hmm. scoring really slowed down I think he was on 40 at the end of the first quarter yeah, he was on fire. Yeah, yeah. It kind of sucked. It was just annoying to watch. So, so if you can get his time on ground up, he yeah, could yeah. Uh, be a serious player. Uh, Sam Day, he had 70 points from three goals. Uh, he looked good. 
Look, it's tough to get a bit of a gauge on for him, but uh, I think a pre- full preseason under his belt uh, could be worth a very, very late flyer in next season's draft with uh, forward status. He's a uh, good size and pretty athletic. And just two guys who weren't necessarily super fantasy relevant, but one I would like to keep an eye on for the second uh, for the rest of this season, uh, Jacob Harrod and Jacob Dawson. Um, they had 46 and 69 respectively. Not obviously huge fantasy games there, but I think Dawson's got a bit of um, fantasy... Uh, wears about him both second year players so we all know what is going to happen next year next year will be their year but uh, yeah just one to keep an eye on just as a you know who kind of played well alright that wraps up the round rewind and we'll move on to from the twos Alright, moving on to From the Twos, the segment where we look at all the State League fantasy scores and talk about the top five from uh, each of the State Leagues. So, as per usual, we start off with a great day, the Sandful uh, Crows and Port Adelaide both play on the weekend. So, Bryce Gibbs had an absolute field day for the Crows, mm-hmm. had 164 against Glenelg. Uh, Richard Douglas also had 152. So, with Crows' poor performance on the weekend, they might be in contention. Yep. After we'll see how they go. But, uh, like, Bryce Gibbs, I think he's just been told... Go play SNFL for a month or so and get yourself back in form. It looks like he's done that, so um, we might have to. We might be seeing him next week, surely. Uh, Jack Trengove, uh, it's good to see him back as well from an injury mm, that kind yeah. of lingered a lot longer than they thought it would. But he had 120. It's a bit down on his uh, 180s. He was scoring earlier in yeah. the year, but uh, you know, still averaging 133. Fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> Trent McKenzie, uh, he had 117. Uh, don't think there's any relevance there. Likewise, Sam Hayes. So a good young ruckman. Uh, touted as probably the best ruckman of the, the draft a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, he's a bit of a stick figure and mm. he's probably still a little way off, especially with Lysett, probably going to be the number one ruck there for a while. But there is something there with him, especially um, fantasy-wise as well. I think he's going to be a good fantasy-style ruckman. Mm. But uh, just whether he gets opportunities in the future or not, is yeah. Uh, yeah, we have to wait and see. Will be very, very interesting. Uh, off to the VFL, man, oh man, Braden Proust, what a score, 180. <laughs> 89. That Rucks, is absolutely crazy. Rucks absolutely dominate the VFL. Yeah, they do. Just get huge hit-out numbers. Yeah, he's averaging 123 this season. Uh, yeah. Michael Hartley, the Dons uh, fullback, he had 131. Uh, Connor Menadju, 119 for him. James Munro, 118. And Carl Dunkley, brother of Josh, 114 after being dropped back from the Melbourne Demons. Imagine if he turns out to be like a fantasy beast like his brother. Could Imagine if he just runs in the family. Yeah, just genetics. That'd be sweet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, onto the Nefil. Ryan Bastanak had 180 points in the Nefil. So just a you know, small Classic score there. Classic numbers. Small score for the Nefil. Um, but yeah, he could see himself come back in contention this week. Uh, James Rose of Sydney uh, had 153. Uh, Corey Lyons had 140. Now he's having a big purple patch in the Nefil. Just so in the wrong team, really. Yeah, so he was emergency a few weeks ago for the uh, one, so he didn't play. But then he has that 139 and 140. This guy's hungry to get into that side, but Ooh, I just yeah. don't know if it's going to happen. Well, that's genetic. His brother can score. Yeah, well, hopefully that, that comes to fruition. Mm. Actually, that's the reason why I picked him up. I picked him up in the last round because it just, in the prospectus, it said, like, this guy will be make it fan- in fantasy if he gets it run. Yeah. So hopefully he does actually get a kick, uh, you know, gets a game in the next couple of years. Uh, Nick Shipley, uh, he had 139. And uh, Cedric Cox, so I guess if we were talking about Steph Martin before mm. as well, uh, he had 106 points. So I guess there's uh, some uh, potential there. But Kay's the biggest news in the Neefle, so yep. we're going to do a sixth player. Jackie Bowes, he had 100, 100 points. He had 100 points. He's so back. 
yeah, I reckon he'll come back in this week and it should be good. Definitely. Uh, the Waffle, only the one ton this week. Hamish Brayshaw. Oh, just to preface, only West Coast played. Okay, well, that yep. makes sense. 106. Uh, Josh Rotham, 93. Kurt Murdimer, 86. Maddie Allen, 82. And Ruckman in waiting, Bailey Williams, 79. All right, moving on to the captain's call. Okay, on to the captain's call, the segment where I just look at a few left field captain options, not the guys you've uh, first put the C on, but uh, guys who historically, um, I guess, score well against sides or guys we think we're going to go big, just on form. Now, this guy you probably would put the captaincy on uh, each mm. week, but uh, Bontempelli, I think, is guaranteed to go large again this week against Brisbane, purely because he averages 122 at the Gabba. So, there's some pretty decent numbers there if you can uh, put the Ooh, C yeah. on him. Uh, Scott Pendlebury also averages 108 against Gold Coast and uh, averages 102 at the MCG. So that's a, a Anyone good one. playing Gold Coast should uh, have yeah. some captaincy relevance. His last three averages 104 as well. So, um, yeah, decent there. Riley O'Brien, I would happily put the captaincy on him at the moment. Yeah. He's killing it and uh, averages 102 at uh, Adelaide Oval as well. And I guess he hasn't played heaps of games there, but that factors in, you know, the games he played a couple of years ago mm-hmm. where he wasn't a fantasy beast as well. So he's, he's scoring pretty well. Um, all right. So moving on to Sam Walsh. Now he averages 100 at Marvel Stadium. He likes that joint. And he's actually averaging 100 from his last five as well. So worth looking at. Uh, Mark Murphy's in some good form. Uh, he had 128 last week in that win over the Crows. He averages 109 against West Coast um, and 90 at Marvel so just want to look at Tim Kelly averages 116 versus Fremantle uh, his future club some might say uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, oh, I definitely wouldn't put the captain on this guy but uh, David Swallow averages 112 against Collingwood so he's been serviceable I'd, this year yeah, as much as can laugh at David Swallow yeah well he had 90 last week and uh, but yeah I probably wouldn't put the captaincy on him though you put yeah. him in the list mate yeah I know but just saying it's a good history there yes. you know, and if you've got nothing else back then, him in with confidence yeah, yes. if you've got nothing else then that's it alright on to the listener tweets Okay, the favourite part of the podcast, the listener tweets where we help you with your fantasy questions and try to give you a bit of advice on what to do. So the first tweet comes from at DanK101. Have some tough decisions regarding who to field this week. First one is Haitley or Angus Brayshaw. And in defence, can field two of these three. Uh, Perryman, Dersma and Andrew McGrath. Thanks for all the help, guys. Pleasure. Well, I'll look at the backman there. I think you've got to go with uh, Dersma. He's been very, very consistent, and uh, Perryman has also been not too bad. Andy McGrath has been a real bust this year. Uh, he's been playing okay footy in terms of he's doing his job in the back line for the Dons, but just hasn't really come on and hasn't got that midfield time that we might have thought him coming into this year. So I think you're better off going with Dersma and Perryman as your defensive option there. And have you've had a look at the midfielders? Yeah, oh, sorry, just on those as well. I think, yeah, just um, McGrath and Dersma is a bit of a toss-up for me. But I think Dersmar at the Dome uh, is going to score okay there. So I'd probably go with Dersmar as well. Dersmar's so consistent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So consistent. Um, all right, so yeah, I guess with the other two, so that's between Haitley or Angus Brayshaw. So it's a bit sad, but we've got them projected to score pretty similar. So I've got Brayshaw to score 68 and Haitley to score 64. So just on that, I'd go Brayshaw, but also just for that potential of he may hit that 
you know, form that he, he once could had. Go you know, bananas, yeah. Yeah, whereas um, Hately, you know, good first up, but I think just a first-year kid, it's probably less to, I guess, rely on, less mm-hmm. to lean on. So, yeah. yeah. But if this is the decision that's going to decide your game, your, your team's probably, you know, not probably up Get for Get me it. the last spot. That's not the worst yeah, position yeah. to be in. Yeah, true. Uh, at DJ Quinlan 75, who to field question? Two of Wietering, McMillan, Patton, O'Connor and Riordan. Well, I think that uh, Riordan's injured, I think, from yeah. looking at one of her. But anyway. O'Reardon. O'Reardon. Sorry, thanks for the help. Uh, Hef, you've delved into your <laughs> Patreon-only subscriber data numbers that you put together each week. And what have you come up with? Uh, yeah, so for me, uh, the, the two highest projected are McMillan and Patton. So they're probably the two I'd go with just off you know gut feel as well, Correct. I think, as yep. well. So um, yeah, for me, it'd be McMillan and Patton out of those two. Uh, at Brisbane Bears, could Hunter Clark be the best of his draft year? Well, I had a look at it. So I've delved back in. I think he was 2017. And look, he could very well be. He's got to overcome a guy called James Warple, I think, at the moment to be I'm, the- I'm, I'm sorry, did you say James Warple? Yes. Oh, no, absolutely not. Then he's not going to be the best from his draft year. Uh, well, you know, Hunter Clark has had a slower start. Warpeter yeah. was probably- Probably peaked, if we're honest. Oh, but, uh, come on. Nah. <laughs> uh, the Warpedo, he's going to be a gun. But uh, Hunter Clark's definitely up there. I think the other ones from that draft, too, do look pretty good. Uh, Charlie Constable, if you can ever get a game at Geelong. Um, Andy Brayshaw, he's just starting to heat up, which is delicious. Jaden Stevenson, uh, I think he's going to be a fantasy jet in the future. And big Aaron Norton is another one, I think, who's going to be good. But if you look at the the earlier draft picks from that year, um, Cam Rayner has been a bit of a bust. Yeah. LDU's been a bust. Uh, starting to do a bit now. Paddy Dow's been a bust and Adam Chera promised everything early but uh, hasn't delivered much. But uh, I reckon it could be between Walpole and Hunter Clark as the two. Nah, um, he could He could be. Yeah, well, that was the question. Yeah, could he be? He could be. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, I'm so back he, in the yes. Brisbane Bears, Hunter Clark, Jet. Uh, Hef at Russ2468. Have had two of my better backs go down with a hammy recently, which is Burton and Luke Ryan. I've brought in Haynes and Short off the emergency bench to cover, and he has Josh, uh, sorry, Jake Kelly from Adelaide as bench cover. I have one waiver pick left. Suggestions. He's got Cade Simpson, Grant Birchall, and Pierce Hanley there. Who would you be taking, Hef? Oh, if Cade Simpson's available, definitely. Yeah. After last Coming week, as 143. Well. Yeah, yeah. And you've got to like the way that uh, Carlton are playing recently, so I'd be in that Cade Simpson camp there. Birchall's probably the next one there. If he uh, can remain fit. Yeah. Yeah. If, 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 especially if you're trying to hit the flag as well. Like definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, at Bangers and Mash 85, any young forwards that might improve next year? I'm looking at guys like Shy Bolton or Jack Loney um, for low ownership and likely to hold their forward status for a while. Um, definitely Jack Loney. We talked about him earlier in the pod. Uh, and likewise, Shy Bolton, who are both, um, you know, really heating up towards in this year. And I do like both of them as uh, fantasy prospects. The only one I could probably add is Cameron Zer. I reckon he's got some serious talent, uh, knows where the goals are, but I just look, uh, for me, he looks like he's going to be a really, really good midfielder in a year or two. So he'd be one I'd be taking now. Um, he's kicked a lot of goals this year, so we'll be keeping that forward status next year. Hef? Uh, I only looked at blokes that were lower down than uh, Shy Bolton and Jack Loney, and there is mm-hmm. kind of slim pickings down there. But just one for me that kind of stood out that was down that low on the list was uh, I just like the look of Taron Thomas, yeah. just the way he plays. I don't know if next year is going to be the year, but I think he's got something for the future. It's only his first year, so yeah, exactly. Know, plenty of time. Yeah, and um, as well, just, yeah, we talked about it before, another person who's down that low is uh, Matt Kennedy. And, yeah, if he does get forward status, I reckon he's just one to think about because there will be a time where he does go back into that midfield. And if you can cop him in that year where he's kind of making that transition mm-hmm. – uh, they're the best blokes to have up in your forward line. Oh, yeah. 
some Facebook questions. Uh, first one from Zach Lang. Uh, select four keepers from the following defenders. Caleb Daniel, Harry Perryman, Jaden Short, Callum Mills, Nick Vlosten, Shane Savage, and Nick Haynes. He's currently re- rebuilding in a 10-team, 5-6-1-5-1 league with 12 keepers and two under-22s. To me, it looks like you've got a few good backmen there. How few would you be keeping? Oh, I think that's an easy one. Caleb Daniel, yep. uh, Hayden Perriman, Jaden Short, Callum Mills. Yeah. The four I'd take. Yeah, um, definitely. Link Vlosten's definitely had a good year, but, uh, you know, probably one you can get easily get back off the, the waivers next year. Rand's coming back as well might, you know, just yeah. affect it. So, it's and, too hard to And tell. Savage and Hayes are serviceable, but uh, the first four are young and yeah. got plenty, plenty of good scoring. That age is a huge factor there. Oh, yeah. And the last question from Jordan Grigurki. Uh Scoring potential of Sam Naismith. Uh, will he be selected? What did he score in the twos? Oh, well, if you want to know what he scored the twos, you just join the Patreon. Simple. But now, look, we'll uh, we'll give away a freebie this week. So, uh, look, 74. Like Santa over here. <laughs> yeah, I'm generous. Uh, it's late in the season. Patreon's slowing down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he did score 74 in the uh, in the NEFL on the weekend. So, um, the Sydney was saying he probably needs another match before he's selected, but he shouldn't be too far away. And, uh, you know, he hasn't been the worst scorer for a ruck in, in no, the past. He's so. all right. And I think, you know, obviously Sydney need him because, you know, they're, they're going in without a ruck really. So, um, yeah, I think he's pretty serviceable if you can uh, if you need him. All right, that uh, wraps up the listener tweets. We've got an iTunes review again. Ooh. So, I don't know, mate, we need to start reading these out earlier in the podcast so people actually like listen this far and kind of realise that we're asking for them. I reckon they might tune out by the time they get to this. Go for it, yeah. yeah, I don't know. But anyway, uh, we got one from Brent Costello this week saying, outstanding job this year, gents. Thoroughly enjoyed listening uh, and look forward to every Wednesday morning for the new release. Particularly enjoyed your pre-season predictions, pointing us in the directions of players like McPherson, Brody and Warple. So keep up the brilliant work. Thanks, mate. All right. That's really nice. Yeah. Thanks for that. Uh, yeah, we're always looking out for iTunes reviews. Again, it helps us uh, climb the ranks and, uh, yeah, get up those uh, podcast uh, charts um, and help more people discover the show. So, again, most people don't want that to happen in their leagues. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we would like it if uh, more people start listening to us. So, um, that wraps up the show this week. So, I guess we'll plug the uh, the Patreon, patreon.com slash keeperleaguepod. Uh, hit us up on Facebook and Twitter at keeperleaguepod and check out our website, keeperleaguepod.com. .com.au uh, K is not long to go now I think there's only four episodes after yes, this one yeah and good luck to everyone in finals this week uh, a lot of people starting off their finals campaign so yeah a lot of it will come down to team selection so hopefully a few of the players we've spoken about can kind of help you out yeah and make sure you keep listening over the next few weeks to guide you through the finals and help you make the best selections and yes. uh, yeah we're here to help because there's nothing like two coaches who aren't playing finals to guide you through your own finals campaign yeah I know well you know some of us have good finals experience Uh, Yeah, I don't. (laughs) I hate finals. All right. uh, Let's wrap it up. So we'll talk to you next week. And uh, yeah, again, good luck. See ya.